This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air. Kia ora koutou katoa, kua huhi mai nei, mō tēnei o My name is Peter Barron and I am the radio pharmacist and I'm here on OAR 105.4 FM every week. Over the next half hour, we will talk about how and why and when to use medicines and other matters concerning your health. If you missed the show or wish to listen to today's show or previous shows, these are available on podcast. I'm always happy to talk about any specific issues or questions that you have, and you can contact me at The Radio Pharmacist on Facebook or on my website at radiopharmacist.co.nz. Norida, no mai, haere mai, and let's get started. Ah, kia ora koutou katoa ko huhi mai nei, mō tēnei huihuna o tātou. Welcome everybody, uh, welcome to my regular slot on a Tuesday, Tuesday lunchtime, or if you happen to be listening on the podcast later, whenever you're listening. Um, so this is Peter Barron, the, the radio pharmacist in, uh, in Māori Language Week, um, to wiki o te reo Māori. Uh, it's so, so good to see um, that that the the language of this country, one of our official languages, is now uh, getting mainstream usage. I remember the days from uh, oh, back in my uh, back in my youth, if you like, um, when the days of Natamatoa and the days of um, Kohangareo being started, etc. I was very very fortunate as a uh, as a young pharmacist to land up in a place called Tukumaru Bay um, in Ngāti Paro, which is about 100 kilometres north of Gisborne. So if you're familiar with the Tairawhiti, with the east coast of the North Island, then you go Gisborne and you go about half an hour north, you get to Tolaga Bay, uh, further north uh, you get to where Whale Rider was uh, filmed, and then you get to Tukumaru Bay, you head inland to Tapuya Springs where the hot springs are, and then up to uh, Rotoria, and then up through Tiki Tiki and Rangitukia to Te Araroa. You can head out to East Cape uh, before you head back towards the Bay of Plenty and uh, back through to Kaha and back into Portiki and then Whakatane. It's a fascinating, fascinating part of the country. Uh, very isolated, very rural, uh, but a marvellous place. And I was very, very fortunate as a young man to... Uh, be taken in by that community and particularly taken in by um, some of the Karoa and Queer. I was very fortunate, some of you may be familiar with the name of Noi Noi Pefairangi. Um, she was a very well known uh, person and uh, a great songwriter, a great orator, and um, if you're familiar with Poye from the Patia Māori group and Delvanius, uh, she co-authored that uh, that song with uh, with Delvanius. So I regard myself as very fortunate uh, to have spent a significant chunk of my life uh, in the community of Tokomaru Bay uh, with Tofano Aruotopari um, in Tairawhiti. I was also very fortunate uh, to be on Mount Hikurangi. Uh, when the millennium uh, rolled over, so and we were up there on the uh, the dawn of the the new millennium, and uh, on the first of January two thousand, so 
that I regard myself as very fortunate to have grown uh, to have grown in that community because I did grow in that community. I came from I came from Southland and I was certainly uh, monocultural and mon- monolingual, and that started a, a marvelous journey for me. To the point that I've now lived in many countries, I would regard myself as multicultural and multilingual. And one of the things I've always said to people is once you change your perspective, once you become, you get gain another language or you live in another culture, then there's no going back. The world, the way that which you see the world, the lens which you see the world through um, changes. So talking about the lens through which we see the world, obviously yesterday uh, was a very significant day after nearly three years of, um, of COVID restrictions, um, of managing, a, managing, doing our part to manage an international pandemic. Life is going to return, returned as of midnight, to just about normal. Um, it's never going to be the same again because we've had to learn to live with live with a pandemic in much the same way as I've said before that uh, we learn to live with a pandemic uh, just at the end of and immediately after the First World War with the influenza pandemic. And as I've said previously, that uh, the remnants of that pandemic still are with us. And there's no doubt that um, the present pandemic, uh, it's probably now moved from a pandemic to an endemic. But the uh, COVID-19 virus and its uh, relatives, descendants, are going to be with us. It's hard to imagine that we're not going to continue to have some type of of infection unless there is a very major change by the virus, and that's always possible. We do see this with influenza. We've seen that probably, I think, three or four times where the virus has, the influenza virus has made some very significant changes to its uh, its structure and therefore its footprint, and it's that footprint that our immune system reads. And um, we start out life, as I've said previously, of our immune system being naive. Um, when we're born, our immune system doesn't have a lot of knowledge. It just has the knowledge that it gets from, uh, or we get from our mother. Um, so, and then through experience, uh, we we build up immunity. And obviously, it's a, in a sense, it's a selection process because clearly, if uh, one of these bacterial infections or viral infections or a cancer, whatever it is, if something um, gets past our immune system, then uh, it may well be that we don't survive. And we so what's becoming very clear is that as life expectancy goes up. Uh, we're surviving longer. That means our immune system is also getting attuned and tuned to the uh, the things that surround us. And it's a fairly adversarial world out there when you imagine it. We've spoken before about the uh, the gut microbiome, and there's more. There'll be more uh, individual organisms in our what we call our GI, our gastrointestinal tract, um, than we have cells in our body. Um, and it's a 
it's a, obviously a fascinating ecosystem, um, and it's an ecosystem which, yeah, we meddle with a fair bit in terms of the things we throw down our throat, whether it's the, the foods that we eat or the chemicals that we use, uh, sometimes the medicines that we take. Uh, that can all alter, as we could see in the macro sense, when we look what's happening to, to the planet Earth. And we see the changes that we're wreaking on that in terms of environmental change, environmental damage. We alter wetlands, uh, we alter the climate, the chemicals that we use all have an impact. And then you have natural events like uh, volcanoes erupting and floods and uh, climatic change. And they all impact that environment. So if you take think about that, that's the Earth-sized scale, and now bring it back to... Uh, to the scale of your, yourself and myself, and we've got that sort of those changes going on in our body every day. We often don't stop to think about the fact that, as I've said, our, not only in our uh, GI, our gastrointestinal tract, what we might call, or what I would call the gut microbiome, um, our big brain, if you like, compared to our small brain, which is the one that sits on the top of our uh, top of our shoulders. Um, we we have an immense influence on that. We sometimes forget about the fact that when we do things like uh, simply washing our hands, and depending upon what we wash our hands with, I'm not suggesting we don't wash our hands, by the way, but when we wash our hands, we we're altering the what's on our skin. Um, very often, when we use uh, antiseptics. I'm uh, not just talking about antibiotics, but we use antiseptics. They're going to alter. They're going to alter that environment. And every time we alter that environment, then that that world changes. We change the balance uh, between the organisms that should be there, if you like, and the balance between the organisms that shouldn't be there. And I often equate it to what happens in our gardens. If you're a gardener, which I'm not a particularly successful one, but if you're a gardener, you'll be well aware that there's always a competition going on in your garden between the things that you don't want, which are weeds, and the things that you do want, which might be our vegetables. Now, uh, if we, if there's a balance there, if we've got a good coverage of uh, of vegetables, then there's not that much opportunity for the weeds to grow. If we keep pulling the weeds out, then our vegetables become the dominant crop. But you can imagine what happens, as I've used this example before, if we were to go and throw a weed killer on top of that. And in the human body, we might call that weed killer an antibiotic, for instance. Now, we, we use these products because they, they, they produce desirable effects for us. But you can just imagine if you if you go and put a herbicide on your garden and it kills off all of your vegetables and most of the weeds except the one weed that's not resistant to it, then that weed's going to overtake that garden. It's going to become the dominant crop and that's the only, only thing you're going to see growing in your garden. And it's the same with our, with our gut microbiome. Uh, we, when we use broad-spectrum antibiotics, I have people coming in every day saying, oh, can I get an antibiotic for a sore throat? Well, most of the sore throats are not bacterial, they're viral, so the, anti the antibiotics are not going to work against them. But we still have a culture, it's changing, but we still have a culture where antibiotics are prescribed sometimes inappropriately um, because we've, we've, we've got uh, a viral infection going on and we're feeling a bit uncomfortable. 
But we often forget that the effect of throwing that antibiotic down our throat is going to have a disastrous effect on all of those other organisms, not the ones that we, the ones that we want in our gut, the ones that help digest our food, the ones that help produce our vitamins. And if we change that balance, then we're changing our whole personal ecosystem. And as such, uh, then we we may find that our body reacts in a different way. And it may be that we can't repopulate that very easily. If we once we change that balance, you know, if we've gone out and if we continue to use antibiotics, or if we take the garden example, we continue to use the herbicide, then nothing else is going to grow there but the things which are able to live with that chemical, if you like. So it's a it's an important consideration, and it's one that we need to we need to consider. It's yeah, we've become very aware. We used to preserve foods with uh, things like uh, sodium nitrite, uh, so saltpeter. That's uh, a very good way of preserving foods, but it has a very bad effect on our um, on our intestine and on our on our gut microbiome. So they're the types of things that uh, we do need to be aware about and we do need to think about. So, look, I've digressed a bit from uh, from the changes that were announced yesterday, but in a sense they're all related because this is this uh, virus that's caused us so much grief over the last three years that's, uh, that's infected uh, so many people around the world, that's caused so many hospitalisations, that's caused so much illness, some of which is ongoing, and so many deaths um, is going to be with us, and we've now got to learn to live with it. So, folks, let's go to a uh, bit of a promo here, and then we'll have a bit of music, and I'll be back with you in a few moments. The Radio Pharmacist, sharing tips and practical advice on the management of a range of healthcare matters every Tuesday at noon on ORFM Dunedin. Taking the time to explore some of the bigger issues around health and well-being in simple, easy language we can all understand. The Radio Pharmacist, bold, innovative, sometimes controversial, and not afraid to tell it as it is. Tune in Tuesdays at noon on 105.4 FM and 1575 AM or online at oar.org.nz. That's the Radio Pharmacist, every week on Tuesdays at noon.
And you're back with Radio Pharmacist Peter Barron. Just remember that uh, if you missed today's broadcast or you want to uh, listen to it again, you can always do that by going and listening to the podcast. You can find those podcasts at oar.org.nz or on my website, radiopharmacist.co.nz. Simply go, uh, go to the podcast link, uh, type in the word Radio Pharmacist and select the show that you want to listen to. So um, as we said earlier, that's uh, we've approached the end of a uh, the pandemic era, I hope, and we're moving into learning to to live with Omicron, and life is going to return basically basically to normal. Uh, the vaccine mandates have gone, and the mask mandates have gone, except in particular settings. Um, and I don't think we should be surprised to see that masks are still going to be required in healthcare settings. As far as I'm aware, I haven't seen the exact definition yet, but that's going to include pharmacies, it's going to include GP clinics, um, it's going to include hospitals, and it's going to include aged care facilities. And there's a very good reason for that, because that's where, that's where the high risks are. Um, and I mean, if we think about hospitals, people are, have been masked in hospitals for a long, long time. Certainly from my personal experience, I, like most people, it took a little bit of time to get used to wearing a mask, but I, I feel kind of naked now when I don't have a mask, God, to be quite frank. And there are some hidden advantages of that. Uh, I think this is the first time that I can remember in many years that I haven't had um, a, any type of respiratory infection. I did get COVID. Yes, I did get COVID. And that was a consequence of, uh, was probably brought, in, brought into the home from a, um, a sporting or a cultural event. Uh, so I did get COVID, but uh, I'm almost certain that I would have caught that at home from a family member. Uh, the good news is that uh, in terms of when I look at pharmacy, I'm not aware um, of any cases where people have contracted it through work. Now, it's not to say people haven't contracted it through work. I'm talking about our work environment where we've all been masked for quite some time and we will continue to be. So, yeah, we're back to and we've been I think we've I know there's been a lot of controversy, but we've been very, very successful um, in New Zealand, I mean, we've we've when you compare with what's happened internationally, uh, we 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 compare very very well. Um, I'm just looking up some figures here. So we've our so we've uh, sorry, I'm just looking at this at the moment. So we for people. Like, 
age 65 and over, um, older and living in residential care, New Zealand achieved a nearly a 90% uh, booster coverage by mid-February 22. And that's probably that head start that we got pre-Omicron is likely to be the most significant contributor to New Zealand's almost unique, lower than expected total number of deaths in the two years up to July 22. Um, yeah, a lot of other countries in the uh, in the Asia-Pacific area had very, very high uh, mortality or death rates, um, including Australia. And New Zealand came out very, very well. We're in the... Um, you know, we're in one of the lowest rates in the world, and we've got one of the highest vaccination rates. Um, so the key issue now is going to be protecting ourselves from what we call long COVID. Now, it's, it's a very challenging topic. Uh, it's been complicated by changing changing definitions. Uh, there's been mixing of data from pre and post vaccine periods and differences in age groups. What the current research is showing is that the risk of developing low, long COVID is substantially lower um, in the Omicron Omicron period overall. So what they're suggesting that Omicron you know, there's less risk of getting uh, long COVID. And it's also substantially less common in fully vaccinated people, including healthcare workers. Um, so that's dealing with vaccination. What we don't know at the moment is what's the situation, what we call hybrid immunity. So that's the situation where people have both been infected and have had vaccination. So what we're lucky in New Zealand. We've, we've done very, very well. Maybe people that disagree with me, but our... Yeah, uh, uh, the number of people who've died has been surprisingly low. Um, and yes, we've had to make some sacrifices. And yes, it has been inconvenient. But we've got through this. We managed to avoid Delta, which had, as I said last week, had a terribly high mortality rate. So the death rate in, in with Delta was much, much higher than the death, death rate with Omicron. So Omicron is a, is a, um, is a less severe disease. And now what we've got to look at is we've now got to look at our strategy. Um, are we looking at, uh, at stopping the disease or are we looking at preventing severe disease? And I mean, I guess the, the consensus now is that we're looking to prevent severe disease. We're not going to get rid of uh, COVID in our community. It's going to stay there. Uh, we hope that it remains controlled. But it could, there could be, it could jump from species to species. It could jump from us to animals or animals to us. There could be new variants come along. But there is one exciting development, and there's some very sound research uh, by sort of a multi-country team that's showing that um, there's a particular antibody which they've they've been focusing on, which appears to be very active against all of the Omicron variants and I think all of the other COVID variants at this stage. So look, it may well be that the good news could be that uh, that our immune systems have actually uh, found a mechanism for overcoming COVID. But I think, as we we know from COVID, that uh, these that's so very easy for these pandemics to to spread internationally, and so we're going to have to be on our guard. And so, although the restrictions have gone, um, 
and the words of the Prime Minister, please be kind to people. I'm going to carry on wearing my masks. Uh, you'll find that uh, most healthcare workers are going to carry on wearing their masks. You're going to find people in aged care facilities wearing their masks. So, uh, and I would encourage you, if you feel comfortable wearing a mask, carry on wearing a mask. It has significant benefits, not only for you, but for your community. So, folks, we're out of time. Norena, tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou, tēnā tātou katoa. Well, folks, all good things must come to an end, and we are out of time for today. Thanks for listening, and I hope that you've found today's all useful. If you have a question for me or a subject you would like me to discuss on the show, please message me on the Radio Pharmacist on Facebook or at my website at radiopharmacist.co.nz. If you missed today's show or previous shows, they're available on podcast at oar.org.nz. This is Peter Barron, the Radio Pharmacist, signing off OAR 105.4 FM for today. So until next Tuesday at noon, Kakiti Ano. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.